And I thought that over the next few weeks, we would really focus on Passover, sort of getting in the Passover mood. And not only that, but thinking that, wow, today, you know, the first time in a year that we're, we're meeting, uh, uh, having a semblance of, 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 you know, what we usually do on, on Shabbat. The thing about Passover is perfect timing. You know, uh, Passover is about redemption and about starting new and, 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 and starting over and, 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 uh, and all that goes along with that. And I thought, wow, how appropriate, you know, that would be. So today we just want to understand some things about how important it is to remember Passover. Just how important it is uh, to remember uh, the, uh, the Passover. You know, it's interesting when you look in uh, uh, Exodus, for example, in Exodus chapter 13, right uh, there in the Exodus story, uh, there is uh, an interesting verse here. And actually, uh, we won't take the time, but there's more than one. Uh, but it's, there's something here that it doesn't say about any other, any other holiday except Passover. Okay, uh, And that is in Exodus chapter 13 and verse 14, where, uh, where we read, and it shall be when your son or your offspring, your child, son or daughter, okay, asks you in time to come, saying, what is this? <laughs> and boy, don't our kids do that. Like, what is this? Why are we doing this? Right? I mean, that's so, you know, uh, God uh, understands human nature. And 5,000 years ago, uh, he knew that today our kids would sit at that table saying, when do we eat? What is this all about? Did I say kids? Uh, no, actually, uh, everybody. Okay. Uh, and it shall be when your son asks you in times to come, saying, what is this? Then you shall say to him with a powerful hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt from the house of slavery. And then it goes on to explain even a little more of what to say. But the fact that it says, when your offspring asks you in time to come, saying, what's this all about? This is what you should say. You know, it doesn't say that about any other holiday. Like in the direction, you know, when we're reading about Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles, or Rosh Hashanah, or Yom Kippur, or Shavuot, uh, or any of it, it never says, and when your children ask you in times to come, what does this mean? This is what you shall tell them. But it says it about Passover. It tells us something about the preeminence of this holiday, the preeminence of Passover. It's not more important in the sense of the, you know, of, uh, I mean, everything in the Bible is important, right? <laughs> you, you know, uh, but in terms of, um, of what we read really in the rest of the Bible, this is, uh, this is uh, uh, pretty important. I, I, in Numbers, it's very interesting. In Numbers, the book of Numbers, Bamidbar, in the ninth chapter, you have 12 verses devoted to celebrating Passover uh, in the wilderness, to celebrating uh, uh, Passover in the wilderness with an allowance for those who were not able to be ritually cleansed. That is, that is really fascinating. In other words... And uh, you can read it on your own, but in Numbers uh, chapter 9, it says, I'll just read the first couple of verses. 
Thus the Lord spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai in the first month of the second year after they had come out from the land of Egypt, saying, Now let the sons of Israel observe Passover at its appointed time. And then it goes on to explain it. And then it says, but if, you're not, if, if you have people that are not cleansed, you can celebrate it in the second month. You can wait and celebrate it later. It tells us a couple of things. Uh, it tells us about the flexibility of these instructions. Uh, and, that, and that it's important to observe the Passover. If you, if you can't do it you know, on the appointed time, well, do it anyway at, at, at a time that works. And you know that, um, uh, and if you've heard me talk about Passover, you know, I've said this before. There's actually another place in First Chronicles, uh, chapter, uh, I'm sorry, in Second Chronicles, Second Chronicles, chapter 30. That is where Hezekiah is the king. And Hezekiah uh, had invited, uh, you know, uh, all the Jewish people from the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah. Kind of like, uh, you know, we have a UMJC conference every year. This was sort of like the, uh, the Israel conference. You know, uh, come from wherever you are. Come, we'll see each other. Uh, we will have uh, fellowship together and you know, and all of that. Uh, and so, just like any conference, they had to take uh, reservations, right? They had to take reservations. Uh, and, uh, and so, when people RSVP'd all those years later, I mean, all those uh, years ago when, when this took place, so many people came that they didn't know what to do, right? It was more, way more people than they, uh, than they thought. And so in 2 Chronicles uh, chapter 30, uh, we, read, uh, we read here uh, that um, the, uh, the people came, okay, uh, and uh, they didn't have time for everyone to be, uh, to be cleansed. They didn't have time to, to, for all the people to wash ritually and be consecrated before God and all of that. What do they do? Do we, do we keep people out? Do we, do we only say, sorry, you know, sorry, no room at the inn? Or, uh, you know, what, what, we, 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 we don't celebrate it or we keep people out? Well, it's very interesting uh, uh, what we read here in the... Uh, in the 30th uh, chapter. In verse 17 of 2 Chronicles 30, it says, For there were many in the assembly who had not consecrated themselves. Therefore the Levites were over the slaughter of the Passover lambs for everyone who was unclean in order to consecrate them to the Lord. For a multitude of the people, even many from Ephraim and Manasseh, Issachar and Zebulun, had not purified themselves. Now, the importance of these tribes, by the way, is that they were from the northern kingdom. They were not necessarily, uh, you know, they were another country. They, they, there, was, there had been a civil war. And so you had the north and the south. <laughs> Literally, the northern kingdom of Israel, the southern kingdom of Judah. And so here, people from the north, the northern kingdom, came to the southern kingdom, right? Uh, to celebrate Passover. Passover was a big unifier uh, here. 
uh, and it says they had not purified themselves, then look what it says in verse 18. Yet they ate the Passover otherwise than prescribed, or literally what it was written. What was written? For Hezekiah prayed for them, saying, May the good Lord pardon everyone who prepares his heart to seek God, the Lord God of his fathers, though not according to the purification rules of the sanctuary. So the Lord heard Hezekiah and healed the people. It tells us something about Passover. It tells us something about how important it was that they could basically break the rules so that everybody could, could, uh, could celebrate it. And Hezekiah, the king, just like prayed over everybody. This is thousands of people. It wasn't like, you know, come forward, let me lay my hands on you kind of thing. It was just, may God heal everybody, <laughs> you know? Uh, and they celebrated Passover. So, by the way, it also tells us something about the Torah. It tells us it's not just a bunch of laws or some kind of legal document. We call it the Torah way of life. Uh, it is, uh, you know, indeed a way of life. Well, back uh, in the Torah now, uh, here in, uh, in uh, Deuteronomy, in uh, chapter 4, we read here uh, in verse 10 uh, about remembering. Uh, here it says, Remember the day you stood before the Lord your God at Choreb. That's Mount Sinai. That's as a result of the Passover. When the Lord said to me, Assemble the people to me, that I may let them hear my words, so they may learn to fear me all the days that they live on the earth, and that they may teach their children. In chapter 5, of Deuteronomy in verse 15, right in the middle of the Ten Commandments, by the way, in talking about Shabbat, in talking about the Sabbath, it says, and you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out of there by a mighty hand and by an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to observe uh, the Sabbath day. In chapter 7 of Deuteronomy, in verses 17 and 19, it says, If you should say in your heart, These nations are greater than I, how can I dispossess them? You shall not be afraid of them. You shall well remember what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and to all Egypt, the great trials which your eyes saw, and signs uh, and wonders and the mighty hand and outstretched arm by which the Lord your God brought you out. So shall the Lord your God do to all the people with whom you are afraid. In other words, he's saying, don't be afraid. Remember what God did for you. Remember the Exodus. Remember uh, coming out of Egypt. And then in Deuteronomy 15, uh, 15, if your kinsman, a Hebrew man or woman who is sold to you, then he shall serve you six years. But in the seventh year, you shall set him free. When you set him free, you shall not send him away empty-handed. You shall furnish him liberally from your flock and from your threshing floor and from your wine vat. You shall give to him as the Lord your God has blessed you. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you. Therefore, I command this to you today. So it's very interesting. This passage has to do with ethics. 
morality, how you treat people. How do we remember to do that? Remember where you come from. Remember that you were a slave in Egypt. Never forget where you come from. Every Shabbat, according to this passage in Deuteronomy, every Shabbat we should be remembering where we come from, that we've been redeemed out of the land of Egypt. You know, when, uh, when the Jewish people uh, uh, entered the land, one of the first things that they did was celebrate Passover. As it says in uh, Joshua chapter 5, when the sons of Israel camped at Gilgal, they observed the Passover on the evening of the 14th day of the month on the desert plain of Jericho. On the day after Passover, on that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land, unleavened cakes, and, uh, parched, uh, and parched ground, grain. You know, uh, interestingly enough, I, uh, other places where you read about Passover, uh, we mentioned Hezekiah, but also in the days of Josiah. We read, uh, especially in 2 Chronicles chapter 35, 19 verses about the celebration of Passover. What's interesting about Joshua, what we read in Joshua, and what we read about Hezekiah, and what we read about Josiah, those were great moments uh, in Jewish history. Entering the land was a great moment, a great covenantal moment. And so it's not just, well, it just happened to be Passover, they celebrated Passover uh, not only because it was the right time, but also, and the reason that the text makes a big deal of it, is uh, that it was a great remembrance of who they were. That, that entering the land, they needed to remember who they were. They needed to remember that they came from, uh, they were slaves in the land of Egypt. Never forget where you come from. Uh, uh, same thing with Hezekiah and Josiah, great reformers. They were two great kings of Israel. And it's not a coincidence that in the reigns of these two great kings who reestablished the worship uh, you know, in a godly way that we read about Passover. Never forget who you are. And then in Ezra chapter 6, we read the exiles observed the Passover on the 14th of the first month, when they returned, when they came back from the captivity, we read they celebrated uh, the Passover. Uh, in the Brit Hadashah, it just continues, right? Uh, in, uh, and not just about the Last Supper, and not just about uh, the week that Yeshua died. We read in John chapter 2, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover during the feast, many believed in his name observing his signs which he was doing in john chapter 6 now the passover the feast of the jews was near this is the context of feeding the five thousand okay uh, and then of course uh, we read about uh, the final uh, days of yeshua in this world and how they celebrated passover and that the passover was indeed the uh, what we call um, uh, the last supper uh, we call it messiah's table here at Beth Messiah, and we read when Paul uh, reiterates this, he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Yeshua, the night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup 
also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. When he says, do this, and as often as you drink it, remember me, he's talking about Passover. As often as you celebrate Passover, remember me. And so the, the, the point there is, is that the observance of Passover, the uh, remembering the historical events of Passover, have never changed that it's very important for us as whether we are Jewish people or people from the nations having embraced Yeshua. It's sort of the egg that we come out of, this understanding of the deliverance uh, that uh, God gave to us. You know, uh, in Hosea chapter 11, uh, God is uh, reminiscing, uh, one might say, uh, about his relationship with Israel and lamenting the sinfulness of the nation. And he says here, When Israel was a youth, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. Out of Egypt, I called my son. In Haggai chapter 2, As for the promise which I made to you when you came out of Egypt, my spirit is abiding in your midst. Do not fear. And so, whether we are talking about the... Um, uh, the Tanakh or the Brit Chadashah, Passover is very important. And of course, in the, in the New Covenant, in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, we read, Clean out the old leaven that you may be a new lump, uh, just as you are in fact unleavened. For Messiah, our Passover, also has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us celebrate the feast, not with the old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Here he is, he is using Passover as a metaphor of our walk with God. He's using Passover as a metaphor of our walk with God. He's actually, the context there, he's talking to the Corinthian congregation. And what he's saying is, don't put up with sin in your midst. You got to clean it out, just like we clean out the leavened bread from the house we got to clean out the sin from the congregation. That's what he's saying to the Corinthians. And be who you really are. That's why he says here, clean out the old leaven so that you might be a new lump just as you are, in fact, unleavened. Be what you really are. You know, uh, unleavened. And, and so he uses Passover in that way. And I would suggest, this, this is not the uh, time to go into it, but when you read passages like the, in the book of Romans, like in the eighth chapter, when he talks about having the Ruach and being delivered, you know, having been delivered, and there's no condemnation for those who are in Messiah Yeshua, you've been delivered, uh, you know, from bondage, that even in those kind of passages that talk about our deliverance from the bondage of sin, th what's running in the mind, uh, what I believe is running through the mind of Paul like the music in the background is we've been redeemed out of Egypt. We've been redeemed out of Egypt. And this is indeed uh, what the Messiah uh, has, uh, has done. Uh, you know, it's uh, a very interesting that uh, the, the redemption out of Egypt and the time in the wilderness is used in the New Covenant as a picture of our own life in, in the Messiah. Uh, you know, a couple of, uh, a couple of uh, places. One is in uh, the book of Hebrews. You know, we're going through Hebrews. 
on uh, Tuesday nights and Wednesday mornings uh, here, our Tuesday night Chavura and our men's Wednesday morning uh, Chavura. And in the book of Hebrews, in the second and third chapters, and some of our uh, folks uh, that are with us today, uh, you know, are real familiar with this because we just got through talking about it. Really, in chapter three, well, just chapter three. Uh, here, w- what is happening is is that the writer of Hebrews is uh, relating Yeshua to Moses, right? And remember that he's writing to, to Messianic Jews. He's writing to Jewish believers in Yeshua who are kind of like on the fence or being persecuted and they're ready to just throw it all away. Just, uh, they can't take it anymore. And just, sort of just forgetting about it, uh, you know? And so what he's doing is he's pointing out that as great as Moses was, Yeshua is unbelievably even greater, right? He's not putting down Moses. He's as great as Moses was. Yeshua is even greater. And so uh, he says in verse 5, Now Moses was faithful in all his house as a servant. And that comes from Numbers chapter 12, by the way, where it says Moses was a servant in all of God's household. It's very interesting. Household is people. You, you know, and so when he says here house, he's talking about Israel. He's talking about people. Okay, uh, Moses was faithful in in all of God's house, being Israel. You know, in 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 uh, in delivering Israel out of Egypt and of leading them in the wilderness and and all of that. Then it says in verse six, but Messiah was faithful as a son over his house. And notice in verses five and six, it's the same. His house, his house, God's house, God's people. And then he says, whose house we are. And so what he's saying is, is that understand it's all part of the same story. That Moses redeemed Israel, redeemed Israel out of Egypt to bring them to the promised land. All this history has gone by. Now another Moses has come, Yeshua the Messiah, who's not the servant, he's the son. Yes, he's the suffering servant, but he is, in fact, the very incarnation of God. He is the Son, and he is faithful over all of God's people, leading us through the wilderness. He's delivered us from bondage, and we're in the wilderness. And that's why the rest of it is a warning. Don't be like the people in the wilderness who died in the wilderness because they didn't trust God, because they were not faithful. That's not you. That's what he's basically saying. It's not you. You know, he's giving them like a pep talk. He's saying, don't be like them. I know you, you know, I know you can make it, right? As we hold fast the, the confession, we've been redeemed out of Egypt. We face times of great adversity uh, in our lives. At certain times in our lives, the question becomes, Am I going to make it or am I not going to make it? All right? And that's why a little farther down, he says in verse 13, but encourage one another day after day. I love that. Encourage one another every day, day after day, as long as it is still called today, lest any of you should be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin because we have become partakers of Messiah. And so... You know, uh, we may face great hardship in our lives. Maybe today, maybe over the course of this year. And, uh, you know, and we can get kind of despondent or kind of sad or 
very anxious or maybe even depressed, we need to remember what God did for us. Yes, when he brought us out of Egypt, but also out of our personal Egypt, our, our testimony of coming to know Yeshua. Whether you can pinpoint a time or not is not the point. But that you remember, this is what God did for me. And that encourages us and, and helps us to navigate through the choppy waters. Because this is not all that there is. And so therefore, hopefully by remembering, remembering and not forgetting that we don't get sucked up into the quicksand of whatever's going on in our current circumstances. And we don't lose hope. We don't lose our vision. You know, uh, extremely, uh, extremely important here. You know, there's a passage in 2 Corinthians, uh, in, uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, that uh, says uh, this. It says, We have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the surprising greatness of the power may be of God and not from ourselves. We're afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not despairing persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body the dying of Yeshua, that the life of Yeshua may be manifested in our uh, body. Uh, and so may we be able to uh, rejoice, may we be able to uh, be able to have confidence, you know, as we navigate uh, through, these, uh, through these days as we uh, remember uh, the Passover, as we remember what God did for us. I would encourage us, if, if you can, to write out your uh, testimony, how you came to know Messiah. And you know, it's interesting, we call it, we call it a, a, a testimony, you know? In other words, I, I am giving an eyewitness account of something, not about my life and, and uh, uh, you know, uh, just all about me, and, and like God is sort of a, uh, in the constellation of thoughts and ideas about my life. It's a testimony of the reality of God. The reality, of, this is how Israel is called to be a witness, right? Isn't that what we read in Isaiah and elsewhere? You are my witnesses, that Israel is called to testify to the world about the reality of God, about how he brought us out of Egypt. He brought us to Mount Sinai. He gave us the Torah, uh, this way of life that is vital and, and great and good and brought us to a promised land, and, right? Uh, and the idea, by the way, was that Israel was to provoke the nations to jealousy. But we know what happened, right? We know that our, our people lost the vision. Lost the vision, right? And so when the Messiah came, people did not recognize the Messiah. Did not recognize him. Here he was standing right in front of him. Did not recognize him. And we know that we read in the Brit Hadashah, in the book of Romans, right? Uh, that this transgression happened to them so that uh, the, the good news could go to the nations and so that the nations could bring this message to Israel, right? Uh, and, uh, you know, who understands uh, the methods of God uh, but God himself uh, but that is really the truth. And so we're called to be a testimony. We are called to be living examples of what God does in people's lives. And you know, when we think about remembering the Passover, 
that's our story, right? And so in a few weeks, when uh, you gather around your table to celebrate Passover, I hope that it's, you know, it's not just about, uh, it's not just an educational opportunity uh, to remember what happened thousands of years ago, uh, but that you are, the idea of the Seder, the Passover Seder, means that we are reliving it, and we're reliving it by, by listening, by hearing, by eating foods that, that kind of put us in this uh, sense of remembering this deliverance by re-experiencing it, you know? Uh, and it's always good to, to be able to share that experience uh, with others. We always encourage people that during the meal, you know, say, what should we, t-? you know, let's make use of the time. Uh, a wonderful thing to do at the Passover Seder is to share a testimony of, of the reality of God, uh, you know, in our lives so that we can remember it ourselves, so that we can remember, because we all need that encouragement. We need the encouragement to remember what God has done, because we know that uh, it's not all finished yet. You know, the Bible talks about, in the end of the book of Revelation, it talks about a, a, a meal. Uh, I, I know I've given a, a message called the Third Seder, you know, about um, the, what's called, uh, traditionally referred to as the marriage supper of the Lamb. It's like a Seder, you know, with, with the Messiah present uh, when he returns. Uh, and how important, you know, th- that is to look forward, to look forward to it. In fact, you know, in Judaism, the belief is, is that the Messiah will come at Passover. The Messiah will come at Passover. And amongst our ultra-Orthodox uh, uh, friends, there's actually, at the, end of, at the end of Passover, something called Moshiach's Seder. The Seder of looking forward to, uh, uh, to the Messiah coming. And of course, we know that, uh, you know, we open up the door for Elijah every year, Right? And uh, because that's uh, uh, the tradition of looking for the Messiah, looking for the coming of the Messiah. But we rejoice because we know the Messiah has come and his name is Yeshua. And, uh, and we live out that Seder. So let us, let us take time over the next few weeks to really take um, a, a, a real good look in our heart, right? And let us clean out the old leaven so that we might truly be a new lump, just as we are, in fact, unleavened. And may it really be a new beginning, a new beginning for us. So let's uh, take those thoughts and uh, go to the Lord and pray. Lord uh, God, uh, thank you, God, uh, not only for the Passover, but for all the admonitions, all, all of the places in the Bible where we remember to, uh, to observe and celebrate. May we always remember, God, who we are and, as we like to say, and whose we are, right? Uh, God, we are faced these days with all kinds of issues, all kinds of challenges, uh, uh, whether they're cultural challenges, health challenges, Lord, whether it be even financial challenges, whatever they may be, Lord, may we stand fast. May we hang on. And if we really are looking out there and we don't you know, know uh, what tomorrow will bring, may we remember 
your faithfulness. May we remember the Passover and uh, may it encourage us to keep moving forward. And may we encourage one another, Lord, as long as it is called today, may we encourage one another, Lord, because we're not in this alone. We walk together. And God, we look forward to that day when Yeshua will indeed return, Lord, and the consummation will come. God, thank you, God, that you have given us the Ruach HaKodesh. You've given us the Holy Spirit in, by whom Yeshua dwells in us and gives us fellowship and rest, Lord. And so, God, we thank you. We thank you on this Shabbat as we remember our redemption from Egypt and from sin. And as we not only remember the past, but look forward to what's coming. And we pray in Messiah's name.